it's good to see you today. And uh, again, I'm Aaron Cole, the senior pastor. If you are a guest, we want to say thanks for being here today. And we're delighted to have you. We're in our series in this house. And we're kind of talking about the mission and the value of Life Church and really how that all functions here at the church. So if you have your Bibles, if you've turned me to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 4, Matthew chapter 4, I'm going to get there in just a second. And uh, we're just going to kind of walk through some of this a little bit. But this weekend, we're talking about the value of inward and commitment. At Life Church, uh, the mission of Life Church is to lead people upward in worship, inward in commitment, and outward in evangelism. And, uh, and, and that, we believe, will result in life change, not only in our lives, but in people that are around us. And, uh, and so as, as you're turning your Bibles there, I, I want to um, just read you a letter that I got this week. Just, um, I just thought it was really, really nice. And it's kind of, it's a compliment to you because of the mission that you're living and being on task, how other people, even outside the church, are recognizing that. And, and it just says, Dear Pastor Aaron, even though our church membership is not, or is at, and, and she gives the name of the church, uh, we love coming to the services at Life Church on the Sundays when we pick up our grandchildren. She goes on to explain who her kids are, our grandkids, and how they'll come and pick them up sometimes, and they'll spend Sunday afternoons with them. And uh, she said, the services are such a blessing. I have copious notes of your sermons. We told you that we always want a seat at Life Church, so we've enclosed a check to cover four chairs, two for us and two for new converts. Uh, we, we pray for you, and we bless you. Thank you for being such a blessing to our children and our grandchildren. And then she signs her name. And, and as I got that, I thought, this is what living missionally is all about. That you are living life in such a way that people that don't even attend church here but occasionally come in get the message and they understand. Even the value of the seats as we create seats, as we purchase seats, that God will fill them with people. And, uh, and whether it's at the Germantown campus or it's at the West campus or any new campus that we were, uh, are going to open up. And I just thought it was just, it was just a, a big, big, big blessing to me just to see that happen. And I just want to remind you, that's what it's all about. You know, nothing works like the local church works and the local church works the way a local church is designed to work. And, and that's, what we're, that's what you are. That's what, that's what we are. We're, we're the hope of the world. We're, 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 we're the bride of Christ. And so that fleshes itself out in many different ways, but it's important for us to say, you know, again, what's mission and how's mission? And for us, that's living life upward in worship, inward in commitment, and outward in evangelism. And so this value of commitment comes through. And I just want to walk us through how we get to that place, biblically speaking, and how, how that happens and, and, and kind of where, where that comes from. We, we first see Jesus, he calls the disciples to commitment. In Matthew's Gospel, chapter 4, verse 18, 19, and 20, it says this, And as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew, and they were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Verse 19, Come follow me, Jesus said. And I will send you out to fish for people. And at once they left their nets and they followed him. So Jesus asked from these disciples at the very beginning, they were going to be the first followers of Jesus, the first Christ followers. He asked for the commitment. Now if you'll turn over in your Bible to, to Matthew chapter 10. So just a couple chapters over, you kind of go to Matthew chapter 10. I'm just going to kind of walk you through this. Um, Jesus calls all of us as Christ followers to commit. And so verse 38, he says this, Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever doesn't take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. That's exactly what he was asking Peter and Andrew to do, was to leave everything and follow him. He goes on and he doesn't just call 
uh, uh, the disciples to commitment, the first followers of him. He doesn't just call all of us to commitment, but he calls the church to this commitment. It's called the Great Commission. So if you'll turn over to the next book in your Bible, Mark chapter 16, the very last chapter, the end of that, right before you get to Luke. Um, Mark chapter 16, we have this great commission that Jesus gives. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. He gives this great commission that this is what we're to do. That we're to be committed to going into all the world and preaching and teaching the gospel. And that's why we go around the corner around the world. That's why we do what we do on the weekends. That's why we do what we do in the community. That's why we do what we do in missions. Because that's the great commission. And the New Testament church responds to this, this commitment and this call of commitment for, for, from Jesus. Uh, as we look, if you'll just turn over to Acts chapter 2. Uh, Verse 44, 45, 46, and 47. We were there last weekend, but I just want to kind of come back to this because it shows this description of what's happening, how this commitment fleshes itself out. Verse 44 of Acts chapter 2. And all the believers were together and had everything in common, and they sold their property and their possessions to give to anyone who had need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts, and they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And we see what happens here is from the very first call that Jesus gives to the disciples to what he calls all of us to do, to what he calls his church local and universal to do, and how that expresses itself, we see that the church shows this commitment to mission by serving the world in the local church. That we're called to, to serve the world in the local church. So that means I'm called to serve you as my brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm here to, to help you. I'm here to, to be a blessing to you. That's, I'm committed to you. I'm making a commitment to you. That, that's what membership in, in a local church is all about. It's a covenant relationship that says you can count on me and I can count on you. And if you need something, I'm going to be here to help you. And if I need something, I know you're going to be there to help me. And we're going to do this together. But we, we, we commit to one another, not just for a big kumbaya meeting, right? But we do that because we are called to fulfill this thing called the Great Commission. We're called to give up of ourselves. We're called to commit ourselves to Jesus and to go into all the world. And our world may be at the marketplace. Our world may be vocational ministry. Our world may be a high school. Our world may be a college campus. Our world may be an, an office uh, uh, complex. Our world may be a factory floor. Our world may be... Halfway around the world, but we're called to go into all the world and to live this out. And so, being a part of this thing called the local church is about a commitment to one another to serve Christ and to serve each other, and it's a commitment to serve the world that's lost and that's far away from Jesus. That that that's what it's all about, and that's where we get this part portion of our mission statement at Life Church from is that we are to live life inward in commitment. We're committed to Christ and to what he's called us to do. We're committed to each other. And we're committed into the world. Now, I know that kind of goes into the last part of the mission statement, which is outward and evangelism. But, but that outward and evangelism stems from this commitment, that we're committed to this. And, and, and that's important. Now, before I go any further, I want you to understand, you're a very committed church. This is, I know I'm kind of preaching to the choir this week in a matter of speaking. And, and so I'm, I'm in some ways affirming what, what we're doing, but I'm also just reminding us of, of what we've done to get here and what it's going to take to continue to do what God wants us to do, not just at the Germantown campus, not just at the West campus, but as we continue to reach this city. Do you realize that, that it takes about 150 volunteers every weekend to, to basically do weekend services? There are people, countless numbers of people, dozens of people, that volunteer up to 20 hours in a week of their time. 
Why? Because they're committed to, to you and they're committed to, the, to, to, to reach this world for Christ, to the Great Commission. And that all stems in their commitment to Christ. And so the phones, when you call Life Church offices, you're, you're speaking to someone who's probably not a paid person. Our entire receptionist staff is, 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 is volunteers. The church, it's cleaned by volunteers. Uh, uh, kids ministry and youth ministry, uh, the, we, we have staff that lead it, but, but basically it's staffed and volunteered by, by volunteers. People on the parking lot, ushers, greeters, everything that happens. Because nothing works like the local church works when the local church works the way the local church is designed to work. Those that have the ability to teach, teach. Those that have the ability to sing, sing. Those that have the ability to lead, lead. Administrate, administrate. Answer phone, answer phones. Ush, ush, right? Nothing works like the local church works when the local church works the way the local church is designed to work. And the essence is, is you're doing all of this. And your generosity above all uh, with your time, your talent, your treasure, it's amazing. And I just want to remind you, Part of what God has done here is because you've been committed to what he's been committed to. You're loving what Jesus loves, which is the local church. You're building what Jesus is building, which is the local church. That's the hope of the world. I didn't write that. Don't get mad at me. Get, email God at God at Hotmail.com if you've got a problem. I, I, I'm just saying this is what it's all about. And you're committed to that. And out of that commitment has come this vibrancy of this local church. And that's what Jesus intended. And so... But as we, as if we're going to continue to be what God has for us to be in the future, we're going to have to continue to be committed. We're going to have to be continue to be committed to one another. Because how many of you know, we're not all perfect. Only a few of us are, right? And those of you that, don't think, that think that you're who I'm talking about, you're not who I'm talking about, right? I mean, we're, we're not perfect. And, and we have differences. And we have preferences. And, and they don't, they're not always congruent. And, and, and there's some days we have bad days. And, and, you know, and so it's just one of those things that happen. But, but we're committed to one another. We're committed to what God's called us to do here. We're committed to this world that we're in, uh, to, to seeing it change. And so we're going to need, as we continue to go, we're going to need more people just like you. We're going to need more people just like you that will say, hey, I'll put my hand to the proverbial plow and I'll work and I'll give and I'll serve and I'll be committed to, to my brothers and sisters in Christ, but I'll be committed to stand with them to reach this world far away from God. Uh, they're going to have to be willing to, to live life inward in commitment if we're going to reach the city that God's called us to. So what does that kind of commitment look like? Well, just a couple of statements and I'm, I'm going to close. One is, is, is a committed church is willing to endure pain. If you're going to be a committed church... You have to be willing to endure pain. What does that mean? Jesus said in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 1, Since Christ suffered physical pain, you must arm yourself with the same attitude that he had and be ready to suffer pain too. Now, we know uh, that, that there are people every 24-hour period around this world that are killed, uh, and that, that are murdered, in essence, they're martyred uh, because of their faith in Jesus Christ. That doesn't really happen much in America. I don't really know that it really happens at all. Um, but we know in developing countries and in countries that are very hostile towards Christianity, that, that, that happens on, again, a regular basis. But what does that mean for us in the 21st century living in, in America, especially in middle America? Probably the biggest pain we're going to have to endure is discomfort. Our biggest enemy is comfort. Think about it. We, we, and I'm talking to myself too, all right? I mean, I like... I like it's kind of like Burger King, my way right away now. Anybody else? And I'm not just talking about Whoppers. I mean, we, we, we kind of like, we, we, like uh, we like our life. We like what we have. We, we like our routine. We, you know, I've talked to somebody on the Germantown campus that said, man, I might have to find me a new seat in that new building. I mean, we, we just kind of have our thing. And, and so the biggest disruption there for us, the biggest pain is going to be this discomfort of, and this disruption of our own comfort. 
And that may sound very minimal, and I think it is, but how, how many you know sometimes those types of disruptions, those types of discomfort can really cause irritations that can really upset people. And you hear crazy stories of people leaving over things that have no spiritual significance whatsoever and, and, and walking away from, and it comes from this, you have to be willing to understand that as a follower of Jesus Christ, you don't gain rights, you lose your rights. As a, as a, as, and the more mature that I become in Christ, the less it's about me and the more that it's about him. Isn't that the truth? I mean, it really is. I mean, probably the, the, the height of who it's about is the guest. And then you become a member and get on the back of the bus, right? I mean, it's just kind of how it feels like it is sometimes. Because we're going to ask you as members, we're going to ask you as people that are committed to this local body to, to give. We're going to ask you to serve. I mean, have you ever really thought about that in church? You know, we, we tell you about this, this grace and this love and this, all these great things that Jesus does for you. And then we want you to commit your life to him. And so then we say, give everything that you have to Jesus. Give 10% of all that you make. We want all your time and your... And that's the good news, right? I mean, have you ever thought about it like that? It's, it's this thing that I'm willing to give up, to go up. I'm willing to give whatever I've got to give. I've got willing to do whatever I've got to do. And in our context, it's usually in our lives, it's our comfort. Um, the, the next thing is that a committed church is willing to take on risks. A committed church that's really committed to the Great Commission is willing to take on risks. Well, Matthew chapter 16, verse 25, Jesus says, For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will find it. And the reality is, is that our willingness to take on risk is typically based upon return on our, our investment. It's, it's the potential of return. And I would just remind you that there's no greater return than life change. I mean, that's why we do what we do in a weekend service. That's what it's about. We're not about building uh, uh, buildings and facilities. We're about building people. We're about helping people. We're about serving people. The world in which we're called to. But building a building, at, like at the Germantown campus, that's a risk. Starting a campus in the movie theater in the western suburbs of Milwaukee, that's a risk. Every campus that we launch will be a risk. Every kingdom adventure, adventure that we go on will be a risk. And they won't all pay off as far as an individual. But the sum total of them will work. And, and, and because, because the Bible says that Jesus is building his, his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And, and many times you get people say, well, what if this doesn't work? Well, if it doesn't, we'll find something that will. If it doesn't, oh, well, we learned one, one less way to do this. But we're going to be committed to take risk. Here's how we say it at Life Church: We will do anything short of sin in order to reach somebody far away from God. To reach somebody for Jesus Christ, anything short of sin... And so that means sometimes it's, just, it's uncomfortable for me. Sometimes that means it's a stretch for me. Sometimes that means it's a give up for me. But, the, but the, really, the reality is I'm willing to risk this in order to reach. I'm willing to go in order to reach. I'm willing to do what I have to do in order to reach and, and, and to reach people that are far away from God. And so there's a commitment that I make and a commitment that I go, look, I may not always agree with everything. I may not always understand everything. I mean, I'm the pastor. But, but the reality is, is that I'm going to be committed to reaching people far away from, from Christ. I, I'm, I'm going to be committed to trying some things. You know, when, when, when the Germantown campus, when Life Church started the Germantown campus, there were people that said there's no way it would make it. It was off to a very rough start. And there were people that said, really, just shut the doors. Nothing great like that can happen in Germantown. Where is Germantown anyhow? Aren't you glad that somebody took a risk to plant this church? I am. 
I wouldn't know you. You wouldn't know me. We wouldn't be able to do life together. And I just sit back, and, and next weekend we're going to talk a lot about this. We're going to show you some videos, and we're going to tell some stories of life change. Of people in this, at the Germantown campus, that in this auditorium, that, that, man, they found Jesus. They were married. Their marriages were restored. Entire families came to know who Jesus was. And, and, and I just sit back and I just marvel. But it was all because somebody was willing to take a risk and try something. Even when we started doing church the way that we do church, I had so many pastors tell me, there's no way that will work. That style will never work. Nobody will ever show up. I remember one guy telling me that, and then I got so upset, I just, just put, I quit eating. I lost my appetite, which means I'm really mad at that moment. And I just said, look, man, here's all I know. This is what God's put in my heart to do. I'm just going to do it. And if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, I'll be the Boca Raton. You know, I mean, I, I just, this is all I know to do. And these 10, 11 years later, all of a sudden, you just see the lives, the people, the thing. Why? Because it's about risk. And a committed church, a church that's committed to the cause of Christ, is willing to take risks. And I just want to let you know, if you're kicking the tires on Life Church, we're always going to be a church that's going to take risks. We're going to experiment. We're going to try things. I mean, it may not all work out. And if it doesn't, we'll say, hey, <laughs> this didn't work. Let's do it this way. Or we'll try another way, you know? I mean, the famous last word of, every, of any redneck. Hey, watch this, right? We're just going to try some things. And, but our heart and our intention is to reach people far away from Christ. And God honors that. And he honors a church that's willing to take risks that do that. Because what winds up happening is, when you do what nobody else is willing to do, you have what nobody else is willing to have. You get what nobody else is willing to get. And sometimes there's that willingness to say, I'll go, I'll be, I'll try, we'll do this. And God goes, that's what I want. I just want people that will trust me. I want people that are committed to that. And the last thing is, the committed church is willing to sacrifice. A committed church is willing to sacrifice. How many of you know, building a local church is about sacrifice. Philippians chapter 3, verse 8, Paul says, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ. For whose sake I have lost all things, and I consider them rubbish, trash, garbage, that I may gain Christ. That's really, that whole, it encompasses the whole attitude that we should have, is that everything else, save Christ. That's what it's about. We're willing to sacrifice. We're willing to give up things that we like. We're willing to give up comforts that we want. We're willing to give up our own preferences in order to do what God's called us to do, in order to, to do what He's called us to be. And let me tell you, as we go along this journey and as we do what God's called us to do, we'll be blessed. You, you do realize that, don't you? I mean, as you're giving, here's what happens. When you serve each other and you serve the world, guess who serves you? God. And I'm just telling you, no disrespect, I'd much rather have God serve me than you serve me. Wouldn't you? I mean, that, that's how it works. When, when, when I serve the world, when I serve each other, then God's the one that serves me. That's the reason why, you know, the, the kingdom of God is this upside-down kingdom. If you want to be first, then you must first be last. If you want to be served, then you must first serve. Why? Because it's all not about me. The more I decrease, the more he increases. The more I give of myself, the more he fills me. And this is what you do as a, as, as a local pastor. I'm the primary communicator on the weekend services here at Life Church. And so when I'm doing, when I'm giving on a weekend, I've studied throughout the week. I've put my sermon together. I've sent my notes to the AV team, to the creative team here at the church. And they put together PowerPoint and all those things. And when I get out on the weekend to speak, I'm giving of myself. I'm pouring out of me. 
There's no infilling with this. Now, I love this, and I love you, but, but, but I am depleting myself of what's inside. Does that make sense? That's what Jesus did when he taught. That's the reason why you notice he would teach, and then he would pull away from the crowds, the Bible says. He would pull away from Why? Because he had to be replenished. He had to recharge his batteries, and so to speak. And so when, you, when I do that on a week-in and week-in and week-out basis, what happens is, who fills me? I don't get to go to a church where all the pastors go during the middle of the week, and they, we get preached to. We don't have church for pastors. No, I have to then, what I do is be, as a mature Christ follower, become a self-feeder. And you may think, well, that's just natural. No, it's not natural. It's something I have to fight for just like you do. I have to fight for my quiet time just like you do. I have to discipline myself. And there are days where prayer is hard work and, and I don't feel like it. And there, there are days that, that it's just like, I'd much rather be fishing somewhere. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, it it, there's just times where it's just that. But the reality is, is that when I give of myself... Here's what I find. As I get along with God, He fills me. And I'm telling you, that's the secret. You have so, I've been raised in church all my life, and I've seen people feed me, feed me, feed me, feed me, feed me. And growth is natural. But at a certain point, growth converts into reproduction. Biologically, you grow to a certain point, then you have the ability to reproduce. And reproduce is giving a part of yourself in which to give life to something else. And that's what's healthy. That's what's mature. Is that as I began to grow in Christ, then I began to give of myself. And then guess who replenishes me? God does. And He fills me. And He fills me. And here's the thing about it is, when you get to that place, I'm telling you, when you get to that place, it's a rich place to live. Because it's no longer about you. It's about Him. It's no longer about you. It's about reaching people far away. And you're not depleted. You're not malnutrition, malnourished, uh, spiritually speaking. You are healthy and strong because you're receiving. That's exactly what Jesus did. So I'm not talking about a, a, a void of this, but I'm saying that there are sacrifices in our commitment that we have to be willing to make. So that means that you're going to be, as we start campuses, and as we're continuing to do this, that we're going to ask people to move from, from one campus to say, hey, let's go to this new county. Let's go to this new town. And let's, would you be willing to sacrifice where you are, maybe even if you're at the Germantown campus in a new facility, to go somewhere else? But we just got here. Yeah, I know, but there are people that need to hear about Jesus. Well, why, why, why would we do that? We're going to talk a little bit more about that next weekend. But because Milwaukee, the metropolitan area, we're the 19th largest city in America. We have the third shortest commute time of any city, of any of the, metro, of the top metropolitan areas in America. 67% of people worship, work, and live in the same county. It's a very much a parish mindset. And so the reality is, we even see this at Life Church. Unless someone has extenuating circumstances or extenuating relationship, after 19 minutes of drive time, they do not come back. So what does that mean? That means every 19 minutes, we need to have a campus. That's a lot of campuses, that's a lot of sacrifice. And so the reality is, are you willing to do that? That's what's happening at the West Campus. And there's a couple of hundred people that are at the West Campus and that, that are there today that are worshiping. And there, there, there are hundreds of people that are at the Germantown Campus. But we have other campuses yet to be, to, to be done. At, at Germantown, let me talk to you at Germantown just for a minute. Uh, you know, as we open this new building, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be wonderful. But the reality is, is that right now the parking is adequate, but as we continue to grow, that parking lot's going to get really small. Why? Because people are going to come and people have a thing called cars, and they're going to expect to park here. And so what does that mean? That may mean that we have to park somewhere else. Have you figured that out, Pastor? Can I just help you? No. 
<laughs> I have no clue. Well, we'll work on it. We'll figure it out, right? We'll do something. We'll get like Krispy Kreme donuts, put everybody on a bus. It'll be great and be big fun. But I'm just saying, that's just part of it. As we come in and you sit in those seats in the new sanctuary at the Germantown campus, those seats are going to be hard. Why? Because they're not broken in like the seats that you're sitting in. So don't email me and say, Pastor, these chairs are so hard. They're going to be hard for a while. Just keep sitting. It'll be all right. Let's keep sitting. It'll be all right. And, and I know that because of the whole staff. We, we looked at the chairs of the same maker, same vendor, and some were all like, these are hard. And then somebody said, yeah, duh, guys, the other chairs have been set in for 10 years. Hello? Got to break them down a little bit. We'll, we'll, we'll get there. There's going to be lines. And I'm telling you, there's going to be kids that want to get in to, to, to this new facility um, and, and the student center, and, and, but, but early childhood. I mean, it's, there's an airplane, and there's an indoor playground, and I mean... You know, our executive pastor, Ryan Coggins, his son, he was taking his, his son, uh, uh, Ben, and Ben is just a few years old, and he was taking him to the facility, and Ben's mind was going faster than his mouth because he was just mesmerized by there's a plane and there's this, and he didn't want to leave, and that's going to be a deal. And so there's going to be kids in lines, and you're going to be standing in line going, man, I used to didn't have to stand in line, but just remind yourself as you're walking across the parking lot because there's so many cars, thank you, God, that we're the church that's growing. Thank you, God, that people are coming to faith in Christ. God, I'm willing to make a sacrifice to do that. When you come and you have a rough place to find a seat, uh, you thank God. God, I thank, thank you that, that there's, when, when you're sending in line to check your kids in for life kids. And thank you, God, first of all, that we have a church that has security. You know what I'm talking about? They don't just drop the kids. Oh, put them anywhere. You can come back and get them later. I mean, you know, I mean, there's actually a process to go through so that your kids are safe. And I can just tell you, your, your kids are, are very, very, very safe because we, that's a premium. But you're there. There's just going to be some things that are going to happen. Even, even to let you know, I mean, the growth, it brings about problems. And we'll, we'll work through those. Just, just be patient. But we've got to be committed to one another and committed to reaching people. And when we do that, there's sacrifice involved with that commitment. It shows up. And even on the Germantown campus, just something that we're, we'll be adding is a security feature of having a, probably a sheriff, a county sheriff, or a local police department or security that's, that's just on the property because we want to communicate a message. When we say anyone who wants to come to Life Church, when everyone or anyone shows up, we want to be ready for them. And so the reality is, is we want to make sure that this is a place that you feel comfortable, that you feel safe. And I can tell you, in our kids' spaces, that it's the safest place for your children to be with the highest level of security and, and given to detail. I have children that are in those ministries and have had children at all levels in those ministries. And it's something that's a priority. And so as we walk through this, there are some things that are going to be different. And there are going to be sacrifices. But just remember why we're doing what we're doing. Life change. Not just in our own selves, but in a world that's far away from God. And that's what we're called to. That's what we're committed to. And so what can you do? What can I do? Well, I would encourage you, be committed to each other. Get involved in a small group. If you're not involved in a life group, that's how we do small ministry at Life Church. That's how that happens. It's, it's this value of community. Acts 2.42, having all things together and all things in common, breaking bread in each other's homes. There's a value to that. And there's about eight to 900 people that are actively involved right now in life groups in Germantown and, and in West Campus and at, the, at Life Church. And so we want you to be committed to that and connected to that. And if you've been coming here for a long time and maybe life has happened and you just kind of got out of the habit, I encourage you, get reconnected. Because life change, spiritual formation, doesn't happen in rows. It happens in circles. And so that's, there's a value, huge value in doing life together. What else can you do? Commit to, be, to serving. If you're not currently serving in an area of ministry, find a place to serve. And if you don't know where that is, or maybe you're brand new to Life Church, and you go, man, I, I want to get connected, 
on the back side of your communication card today, you can check off Lifetrack. And that's just a three-week, basically a three-week class that runs simultaneously with our weekend services at all of our campuses that explains the doctrine, the design, the DNA of Life Church, and gets you connected, involved in ministry, and talks about what happens here and how you can get involved. Get involved in serving. Find a place to be involved in serving. Serving one another, serving the community. Again, in order for us to continue to do what we're going to do, it's going to take hundreds of people continuing to enlist and saying, you can count on me, Pastor, and I'm going to be able to say, I can count on you, and you can count on me, and we'll be committed to serving together. And the last thing I would encourage you to do is just continue to do what you're doing in your area of giving. Continue to be the generous givers that you are of your time, your talent, and your treasure. Look, things don't just happen like they're happening in our church because people are lackadaisical. It's happening because you're actively, you're involved, you're generous. Again, I told you from the beginning of this message, you're living this out and doing this. So I want to end this with just asking you one question. At what level is your commitment to Jesus? What's your level of commitment? As I read the Gospels, I realized that there was a, you know, Jesus fed the 5,000, and he had been teaching all day long. There were 5,000 men plus women and children, so so there could have been up to 20,000 people, scholars tell us. And they're hungry. There's no place to go to eat. Restaurants have closed. Fast food's not available at that point in time. And he feeds them. And when you feed people and you teach, you have a big event, thousands of people show up. Is that where your level of commitment's at? But then Jesus talks to those people, and it's not necessarily in this chronological order, but you see this, 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 this evolution that's taking place, this, this, this line that's taking place. As he says to those thousands that are following him, hey, I want you to go and I want you to wait in the upper room. And you're going to be endued with power by the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And you're going to change this world. And out of thousands, we only see 120 They're willing to say, I'll commit for six weeks every day to pray. So it goes from thousands to hundreds. Maybe that's where you are. You're in the hundreds. You know, you show up more than just the big events. You'll be here on a regular basis to, to do that spiritual formation and growth. But then when we say, when he speaks to the hundreds and says, hey, I want you to go and I want you to, to be witnesses and, and I want you to preach and I want you to, to, to basically to shine your light, we understand there's only 70 to do that. Only 70 that Jesus sent out. Maybe that's you. Hey, you're willing to show up at the big day and the big event and help serve the fish and the chips and and then you're also willing to pray, but you're also willing to say, I'll go public with my faith and I'll tell people about Jesus because there's only tens in that area. Gets pretty small, doesn't it? This is the whole church. Thousands to hundreds to tens. And then there were only 12 that were willing to walk away from everything. I mean, think about it. We, we live in this little fairy tale world and, and we don't really think that these guys really walked away, but they walked away from their livelihoods. They walked away from everything. We read it in Matthew's Gospel chapter 4 where Peter and Andrew leave their nets at the shore and they walk away. They didn't call a broker to say, hey man, I think I can sell my fishing business in Galilee. It's a pretty good time to sell the business and fish are biting. Maybe somebody will come in and buy it and I'll take this money, put it into escrow and we'll just kind of like invest this and kind of live on some investments and I'll be a three-year journey with Jesus and we'll figure out how to finance it. No, they walk away from it. There are only 12. And the Bible tells us before Jesus is tried before Pilate and before he's crucified for the sins of the world, there were only three that were willing to stay the night and pray. 
Those three had a hard time staying awake. Peter, James, and John. And they said, Jesus will be with you to the very end. Peter says, I will stand with you to the very end. But he looks at Peter and says, I wish that were true, Peter. Contraire, mon frere. You won't even be able to make it through the night. And you'll deny me. And we see Jesus' journey ends on the cross. And he's by himself. Because sometimes commitment, that's what Jesus said, unless you're willing to take up your cross and deny yourself and follow me, you're not worthy to be my disciple. So I ask you today, not how are you committed to me, where's your commitment to Jesus? Are you part of the thousands that show up and there's a big event and there's free food? A lot of people show up for that. We like that. That's good. No, no problem with that. Are you part of the hundreds that will show up and you'll do some spiritual disciplines, but let's don't get crazy with it and ask me to go public with my faith because there's only tens of people that will do that. Are you willing to walk away from everything if Jesus asks you to? I'm not asking you to, but if Jesus asks you to walk away from everything for his sake, would you do that? Or would you be willing to deny yourself and take up your cross and follow him? Father, I just thank you today for your word. And I thank you today, Lord, that we understand that salvation is, is free, but it's the beginning. Oh, it, we're saved and we're going to heaven, but, but it's the beginning of our journey with you. And there's these lordship issues that we deal with as we go along. And one of those is our commitment. And I just pray, God, speak to our hearts. I pray at the, at the West Campus, speak to our hearts, Lord, about are we really, really willing to be committed to that campus, to see it grow? Because the only way that campus is going to grow is by people that are sitting there today under the sound of my voice willing to go out and not just be part of the thousands or the hundreds, but to be a part of the tens that are willing to go public with their faith. I pray at the Germantown campus that we'll ask ourselves, am I really, really willing? Because there's thousands of people that will show up, but am I going to be willing to be a part of the hundreds that's going to go in, in spiritual disciplines? Or am I willing to go even deeper with that and be a part of the tens that will go public with my faith? Because that's how it's going to grow. Or maybe you're asking us to, 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 Lord, to walk away from everything and to follow you. I don't know. But I just pray, God, let us be found faithful. Let us live our life inward in commitment. Committed to one another, God, and committed to seeing this world changed. In Jesus' name, amen.